The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. The podcast actually considered leaving Marseille for Sunderland because it just never learns. On today's show, are you a serial football manager failure? Well, don't worry, you are with friends. I myself have had a catastrophic record with the more recent FM games. And then, in fairness, many of the older ones too. I know what it's like to invest that time and get kicked in the stomach again and again and again. I know what it is to think, is it just me? Why is everyone on the internet talking about winning the league and I can't complete a season without getting sacked? This episode is for you. And are you a metric head? Do you love to roll about in statistics like Scrooge McDuck? Well, there's something for you in the community centre this week. Our letters page continues to delight. Today we're answering the question, how do I manage a team of absolute amateurs? And we've got the FM Bundesliga challenge too. But first, let's go back to basics. Now, if you've had just about enough of this game kicking your ass, you need this episode. We're going to break it all down now, and we're doing it with Dom Baker of Sports Interactive. Dom, welcome back to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Now, for those who missed you last time, what exactly do you do all day? <laughs> I, uh, I sit on Twitter all day. I am the uh, social media manager here at Sports Interactive. So me, along with my team, we uh, manage all of our social media output and all of our social media channels. So get a good sense of what's going on in the community too, which uh, helps me in my days, that's for sure. Uh, and a busy time for you guys at the moment because the final updates just come out. Very busy, yeah. Glad to get that one out of the way. Usually sort of the last point of the cycle for us to really be going all in on. So uh, good to see everyone starting their new saves. That's what's exciting about this time of year. Well, I've lashed myself to the mast with Marseille and I've um, I, I spent some of last night redoing throw-in techniques because uh, that, <laughs> that's the big change. It didn't take long to see what's happened there. All of a sudden, people with a long throw rating of 13 or 14 can't rory delap it. Yeah, sorry about that, Ian. I think uh, let's just put all the blame on you there. We saw what you you had going on there, and we uh, we had to put it to a stop. <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, I I think I think it it needed to be done. It's it's nice to still know that people who are really really good at long throws can do it. But uh, I I think it's a it's a move in the right direction. Now, football manager, we we know that that many people buy the game, like install it, set it all up get their ass handed to them and then walk away never to return again or, or they set it up and they take one look and it's it's too much and it's too daunting and they and they walk away and that's really why this podcast exists and, and I don't entirely blame them because it is difficult when you come into something new and and there isn't the sort of you know like in any other video game you'd have really easy levels to slowly build you up or tutorial sections where you run your character around a house learning how to open doors and and that doesn't really happen here and i had the same reaction to crusader kings 2 it was only a seven hour delay at hong kong airport that got me into that one so what we're going to do today is just strip this game right down right back to basics and and the first thing that a lot of new players don't realize is that you can delegate almost everything can't you yeah, definitely. And that would really be my top tip and where you should start. I think, uh, A, it's easy to do and it really does help you to set up the foundations for your save. So all you need to do is is to hit staff, go into your responsibilities and delegate from there. I'd say from a real starting out, you should take off training completely, both individual and team training. Potentially friendly matches too, that's something I like to do. Get those out of the way and get those managed by your assistant. 
and then potentially look into your reserve and youth responsibilities too because you want to put your attention on the first team straight away and you don't necessarily want to be bothering with renewing youth contracts and all that stuff so really start to navigate your way through the game and then work out what it is that you really enjoy doing and once you work that out then you can try and get all the other aspects taken off your plate so you can focus on 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 what it is that you know you find enjoyable about football manager and then you know as you go on you can always try and take back more control you can um, once you've got the hang of things maybe take back one or two areas and and learn as you go now you go through, you get rid of training, um, and, and it's important to note as well, you don't really get penalised for this because it will automatically follow your, your chosen strategy and then create a training routine for it. You'll miss out on the opportunity to get little gains here and there, but it, it won't make it go bad. Um, you, you can get your scouts to, um, to take care of uh, everything on the recruitment side and pretty much just leave you with what players of the early games will, will remember as just sort of picking your team and buying players. Now... Picking the team first up, it, there's there's been huge improvements over the years. You know, going back sort of ten years ago, we had sliders to determine like the the length at which you pass the ball, and it, and it's become far more intuitive right now, in that that you have these preset tactics that you can pick and follow. I mean, the 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 easiest thing to do here is just look for the ticks that your assistant manager is recommending, right? Yeah, exactly. So the game will prompt you quite early on to try and create a tactic. Um, that way, once you create a tactic, it can try and understand what it is you're trying to do and then give you advice on that tactic. Um, and as you say, your assistants will try and sort of nudge you in the right direction. They'll try and uh, there's handy sort of thumbs up icons in your tactical presets and your tactical styles that will try and nudge you to, to create those ones. And what that's telling you is that those styles are ones that suit your squad. And, you know, you can take inspiration from real life here as well. If you happen to manage a team that, you know, you watch regularly in real life, um, then the odds are that a style that they play in the real world is going to suit you in Football Manager too. Um, so really, it's all about just trying to stick to something basic and then go from there. Again, you want to try and set your foundations right and then you can tweak as you go along. One of the, the key things that you take from real football as well is... The, the real football rules work in this game in that if you are managing a, a particularly lowly team, it's not impossible to teach them how to do tiki-taka, uh, but it is it is hard. There are quicker ways to, to getting a, a, a stable base and some decent results. Is there a tactic which sort of jumps out as being the safest of the safe options? Um, yeah, the well, at least the most popular one from, from what we can see in both raw data and sort of what we get you know, shown in screenshots and stuff on, on social is uh, the four two three one. And I guess that's po the, probably the most popular in real life too. So it sort of translates into that. I guess with that, it gives you a, a balance. It gives you two wingers. It gives you uh, a creative number 10 that you can have a bit of fun with. Of course, a solid back four as well. Um, so I, I think that's probably would be my tip is to set out as that and then tweak as you go along. It sounds easy to say now, but, you know, you can then look at your squad and think, right, I've got four pretty good strikers, so I should probably get two of them on the pitch at the same time. And if you've got a team like that, then you can adjust from there. Um, but I think maybe starting out with a 4-2-3-1 offers you the chance to, to look at your players and see if you've got anyone really good that's sitting on the bench that doesn't fit that. Now, now, one thing that I hear from some new players is that they look at the player screen and there's just so many numbers. Um, what, what are the key ones and why are they key? Uh, so the key ones, really, my tip here would be to dive into your team report. That's one of the tabs on the left-hand side. 
Um, and what this does really is it takes all the data and all the insight and all those scary numbers uh, and it gives you them in sort of an easy to read list of strengths and weaknesses. So this is looking at your team, uh, your whole squad really, and, and what they're good at. Um, and so from here, you know, it sort of translate those numbers into your advantages and disadvantages. And from there, you can try and play to your strengths and, of course, try and fix or at least avoid those disadvantages. And again, there, there are opportunities all over the place to just be led by your assistant manager to the to the point where you can literally get the assistant manager to pick the best available uh, starting eleven. A real great thing about football manager is that throughout the game in, and in any department, really, they'll your assistant and your coaches will constantly be trying to nudge you back into the right direction if you steer off course. So let's say you build a tactic which is wildly unbalanced. You know, your staff are going to try and pick you up on that and and nudge you in the right direction to try and bring something a bit closer to something normal, you know? Or if, you know, halfway through a game you you sort of lose the plot a bit and go all out attacking and, you know, you have your team wildly exposed at the back. Again, they'll try and nudge you in the right direction. So don't panic too much. You know, if you're doing anything tragically wrong, the game will try and alert you to that and uh, show you how to fix it. Now, some people also just want to get into games as quickly as possible um, and don't really want to faff around with eight weeks of pre-season. Are there any options there for them? Yeah, and I am one of these people as well. I don't want to bother with pre-season. I want to be spending money. So there's a load of things you can do here. Um and I think skipping pre-season is fairly common. So I don't feel like, you know, you're you're missing out on anything there too much. So when you're setting up your game and creating your database by selecting leagues, you're able to change the start time. Uh, you're able to alter the time in which you take charge of your team. And so what you can do here is pretty easily jump straight in just before the season starts. So you have a number of different options there. You can um, right at the beginning of, the se- of pre-season, you can start halfway through, you can start in once the season started even. So you really have different options there about when you want to jump straight into your save. Alternatively, if you're like myself and you want the glamour of the transfer window but without any pre-season games, you can still start at the start of pre-season, but you can simply give friendlies to your assistant manager. You can say, I don't want these anymore. You know, you can take the friendlies. I'm going to sit back and dive into the transfer market. or lastly, uh, when you're setting up your database, you can turn the first transfer window off altogether. I think this is something that many people don't actually know about. Um, so if you tick this box, what this means is that all clubs in your database, um, including your own, won't have a tr- first transfer window. They'll start the season um, going into the season with the squad that they have already. And so what this means is that when you're simming through those first few weeks and those friendly matches, uh, the game will be a lot quicker because there's no deals going on in the background. True story, when I was a football writer, I used to always have um, transfers turned off for the first window so that I could convince myself that playing it in great detail and depth was actually beneficial to my, my work as a football journalist because it familiarised myself with, um, with, with squads, uh, which I stand by as well. I think it did. All about the research, Ian. I like it. Exactly. Yeah, you, you don't go into these things half-assed. <laughs> um, what, one of the key things that certainly I've found is watching the highlights uh, and and watching extended highlights as well because there's no better way of seeing where it's going wrong than literally seeing where it's going wrong if you don't want to do that you haven't quite got time for it there are loads of analysis tools what's the best way to diagnose where it's all going wrong yeah uh so again i think for me this will come from your assistant um assistant advice that you get throughout the game and of course at half time too and again it's all about trying to nudge you in the right direction um 
Aside from that, it sounds pretty easy, but just looking at the simple match facts and match stats, these are things that we see, you know, all every day in our lives, whether we're watching real football or reading about real football or playing football manager, the things like possession, shots on target, shots off target, all that kind of stuff. And even from these really simple uh, metrics, you can be able to sort of get a sense of the game and a sense of your style. If you're starting to see a trend that are we a team that has possession a lot of the time? Are we a team that has far too many shots and not enough of them on target? That might tell you that you're, you know, trying your luck from distance and not actually creating too many chances. Um, and even simple things like these, if you're starting out really basic, just try and understand trends that you're seeing. Are you seeing something over and over again in certain different matches that you want to try and fix? That sort of thing. Uh, this week, we asked you on Twitter, which is at FMPodAthletic, if you had any tips for people who were struggling or people who found it all a bit daunting, and we got loads. Uh, Producer Abby's going to read this out in a moment. One thing I'm going to throw in is to use your reserve team or your youth team if you want to, to launch into a new tactic. So if you've got something stable that's working and you're doing fine, you're not in any danger of getting sacked, but you secretly got a hankering for a kind of vibrant, free-flowing 3-5-2, use your reserves, take control of them um, and have a few games with them to see how it works. See if you can spot any weird gaps where it's just not working. And if it works for them, um, then, then you've got your routine. You can get them working on training and sort of a month or two down the line, you can have a crack. Uh, Dom, before we, we say farewell, have, have you got any sort of standout tips? Uh, no standouts, really. My only one sort of tip, and we've re- reiterated it through this whole conversation, really, is just that work out early on what it is that you're really excited about in Football Manager and what it is you really want to dig into. And then give your assistant and your staff everything outside of that. And then once you know you've got the hang of those things, slowly start to take back control. But don't overwhelm yourself with everything at once. Just focus on the things that you really want to nail. Perfect. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you very much. So that's Don Baker from Sports Interactive. Um, but what have you given us? What tips have you found? Producer Abby, what have we got? We will begin with Al, who says the system is worth more than the players. He just says, well, the players are there just to move the ball around. If they start making demands, lose them. If you can make a profit, sell them, especially if you're moving up the leagues. They are expendable. Don't trust them. Trust yourself. God, there's a man after my own heart. Yeah, it's, I'm actually quite scared. I'm, I'm, although I am questioning his man management skills. Um, I'm going to go to Dash Mundo for the next one, who I really hope has a dash end. Uh, he says, nice and simple, give a formation or tactic time to embed and increase familiarity. You need stability to tinker. He's, he's not wrong. Uh, I like this next one from Friday FM Social. Like Doc Cotton on a service wash, prioritise clean sheets. A couple of shutouts will boost morale and you might nick a winner from a set piece or a counter-attack. Yes, I am Big Sam. And That's basically my Schalke team. Yeah, and, and Doc Cotton. And in fact, that is obviously what um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is uh, achieving with Burton Albion in real life at the moment. And we've got one more piece of advice here, and it's from The Ginger Dad. He says, when starting a new save, listen to your staff advice, re-tactics and team selection, at least for the first 10 games or so. That sort of rings true with what Dom was saying as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all of those tips. And uh, follow us on Twitter at FMPodAthletic. Do you have a subscription to The Athletic? Good God, why not? You can't honestly prefer to pluck your news and comment from the melee of free content out there. Most of it's so bad. 
And I should know. I used to write about 8% of it. At The Athletic, the leading clubs have at least one specialist reporter, and they work differently from other reporters. They don't have to smash out eight pieces a day to justify their position. There's no demand for clickbaity headlines. They work with their editors to identify two, three strong stories a week, and then they spend time on them. They talk to people. They use multiple sources. So what you get is really authoritative, authentic, proper reporting. It's journalism worth paying for. Give it a try. Go to theathletic.com forward slash fmpod. Subscribe for £3.99 a month for six months. It's a pound a week. So that's theathletic.com forward slash fmpod. Give it a go today. The Football Manager Show Community Centre. Now, before everybody in the world had their own podcast, there was a time when energetic creative types would vent and share on the internet via your humble web log. Yes, way back in 2007, you couldn't surf the internet for more than 30 seconds without striking a submerged blog. They were everywhere. They were massive. Perez Hilton, Belle du Jour, Michael Cox. Now there's a fantasy dinner party. You don't get many blogs now. So it's always a pleasure to stumble across a new one. Chris Mason writes AFM Old Timer. That's afmoldtimer.home.blog. It's definitely one for the metric heads. Chris documents his saves, his current one is with Le Havre, with obsessive detail and no small amount of charts detailing the XG rates and individual performances of all of his players, all with lovely eye-pleasing graphics. Now, once upon a time in real life, I interviewed Stuart Pearce, a lovely man, and asked him about the use of statistics in football. He said he was very passionate about them, which, which kind of surprised me. And then he went on to explain how, whenever he wanted to sign a new striker, he'd spend ages looking at the top goalscorer charts. Yeah. Now, if we use that interview as one end of metrics in football, it's safe to say that Chris Mason's blog is very much at the other. There's so much detail here, you could spend hours perusing these charts and possibly even nicking a few ideas for transfer targets. So, if you like that sort of thing, get on to afmoldtimer.home.blog. That's afmoldtimer.home.blog. And if you've seen something great out there in the FM community, let me know about it. I'll do my best to send people in that direction. Could be a blog, like Chris Mason's, or it could be a database, like the Mad Scientist last week, or it could be a series of excellent tactic videos, like the ones we highlighted by RDF Tactics. Whatever it is, email me, imacintosh at theathletic.com. And while I'm here, I have to thank so many of you. Again, the reviews have gone through the roof in the last couple of weeks um i want to say a very special thank you to old school radio rico 1078 nick ramsell andy dan 31 cole 4 ord 135 jake g 136 i wonder if they're related and uh jontra 208 um thank you so much those reviews are absolutely incredible um and they really make a great big difference to uh, us getting more time more resources to do more stuff you're listening to the Football Manager Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Producer Abby, it's time for the letters, and helping us to answer them is a friend of the show, Sports Interactive's Tom Davidson. 
Hello there. I like being called a friend of the show. That's very well, nice. Well, it, it happens once you've been on more than three times. It's like winning the World Cup. You know, you get to, <laughs> you, you get that, that that opportunity to keep it, and you're you're there now. We'll we'll get a special ribbon in the post. Spectacular. I look forward to it. Abby, what have we got in the mailbag? Well, we've got a follow-up from last week's show. Uh, this is Brian Love, who uh, is very grateful for the mention last week, so hopefully grateful for the follow-up here. He says, As I type this email, my tipped for relegation Weymouth have won three, drawn five and lost three, unbeaten in five in the league, which puts us 11th in the Vanarama National League table. I couldn't have done this without you. Up the terrors. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. I mean, he's mid-table and really, really happy about it, which is like a really <laughs> good level of expectation, um, certainly when it comes to my games. Mm. Brian was the one who um, has looked up the, the, was it the Weymouth song, to walk the walk-on song, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, the Simple Minds tune. Yeah. Um, do you remember um, I asked you what the Marseille walk-on song was last week? Uh, y- yes, and I did not know. And I have looked it up for you, and I think you'll be glad to know that it is Van Halen and Jump. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the classics. Exactly, exactly. Let's move on to Cy Barlow. I hope that's how that's pronounced. He says, loving the podcast. I'm a player since the original championship manager and loved your book. That is worrying. Um, (laughs) He's currently sitting at the top of La Liga with Valencia. Uh, Feel free to promote my blog. That's siepod.co.uk. There you go. And as the season draws to a close, my players are becoming more and more fatigued. And my physio tells me they need rest. But several kick off when I tried to rest them. Help. So the question is, when they do need rest, what is the impact of just having them on the bench as opposed to giving them time off completely? So rest is always a tricky one because no player likes being told that they're not going to play for a period of time, um, especially if that player is expecting to play week in, week out, which is um, the case for a lot of the first team players um, at that level. But it's really a question of, of managing it because... That short, that's going to be a really short-term unhappiness. Once they get back out there and they, they keep playing, uh, then their morale will lift and things will quickly go back to normal. So um, it's not going to be something that's going to affect them over the long term, is the first point to note. Um, it's also worth looking at their, their expected playing time and seeing you know which players can can you get away with putting on the bench for a, a short period of time, um, say three or four matches, and, and, and won't kick off. Generally, if they're... If they're a star player, um, that means they're expected to play almost every single game, particularly in the league and in Europe, if you qualify for that. If if they're, say, uh, someone who is more of a rotation player, then that's obviously someone who's going to accept being on the bench a lot more. So take that into consideration first and foremost. There's also ways to avoid having that direct conversation. You know, often the game will prompt you to say, OK, you need to sit down with this player and tell them that they're going to be rested for x amount of weeks there are ways to to get around that if you don't want to have that confrontation where the player might get unhappy and 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 their morale might drop you know you can you can get away with taking them out of the team completely for for a few games without actually saying anything to them obviously if you do that over the course of a number of games that they might uh come to you and be a bit angry about why they've been dropped but there you, you it's a sort of Mix of trial and error to see what sort of players you have in your squad as well. Um, obviously, more professional players are going to react better to to you coming to them and saying, look, you need to have a rest. You've been playing so many games um, and we need you for the last you know five games of the season, which will be really crucial. Other players um, who are more temperamental, should we say, are going to react badly to that. So understand the players at your disposal and how they react and, and just, you know, don't be afraid to experiment. Um any sort of morale drop is going to be short term because, as I said, once they're back on the pitch, they'll be happy and smiling. 
lovely stuff. One, one of the things I do from time to time on my game is um, to try and avoid the fatigue issue, just dispense rest days willy-nilly through mm. through the training schedule. Um, is there any issue with that? Is that going to cause problems in the in the long term, or is that does that actually just sort of bring their fatigue levels down as a as a group? Well, it depends when you when you do it. Really, it's always good to schedule in a recovery day and a rest day after um, after a match. Um, that's always a good thing to do. And sometimes um, some people like to schedule in rest days or a recovery day um, on the eve of a match as well. Um, really wind down so that they're only doing. The real intense on the pitch training um, for maybe three days of a week in, in that middle block. So there are ways to to use training to to your advantage as well. Um, and yeah, I think I think that throwing in at least one rest day a week is always a good idea. Otherwise, you're going to be running them into the ground. It's also worth looking at your tactics as well because it's something we talked about a lot on on the podcast. Is um, how your tactical system has a massive impact on on player fitness and and what they're doing in training. So you know, if you're asking them to go out there and play a really high intensity, high pressing game for 38 games of the season then you may have to adjust things as you get into busy periods of time and and also on training as well there's the if you if you're coming up into a really congested period of fixtures then make use of the training schedules around um around fixture congestion and around big matches and and those events that uh, really tailor a, a week of training to that scenario uh, that can be really useful for for sort of managing player load as well perfect abby what else have we got well, we've got uh, our last one comes from Dylan Dezio, who says, I wanted to ask a question about managing amateur clubs. Are there any burning tips for managing them and uh, taking them to the top? I'm currently managing my amateur team, which I play for in real life in the Welsh fourth division, but I'm fairly new to FM. So I started straight away with a tough team. It would be a great rescue for my save, though, if you could give some tips and hints for an amateur team. Amateur teams are, I think, yeah, you're right. You're one of the biggest challenges in football manager. But I think the one... The one thing to remember is to keep it simple. That's really the key when it comes to managing really, you know, any any lower league team. Um, because particularly with amateur teams, you're gonna see your players get poached quite a lot. Um, particularly if they start impressing teams from from higher leagues and semi-professional teams and are gonna are gonna be able to offer them better terms. Um so you've got to brace yourself for a, a high amount of player turnover and be ready to to go and get a replacement at short notice. Um tactically as well it's important to keep things really simple don't throw in you know fancy player roles or a high press uh, high intensity game with lots of uh, fluidity in the formation as well really try and keep it simple because chances are you're going to be managing players who who aren't the most technically gifted players um, maybe don't have the best reading or understanding of of football either so really strip things back and and focus on on what the, what the core uh, essentials are of what style you want to play um, and really, really home in on those. And and I think when it comes to identifying players as well, look for players who have that standout attribute in the area that you want to focus on. So for goalkeepers, for instance, handling is is going to be key, I think, in, in that area. Um, pace in the, in the attacking areas of the pitch is going to be crucial because you're likely to come up against fullbacks and centre-backs who who aren't that physically gifted. They might have strength and stamina, but when it comes to acceleration and pace, if you can find someone who's got the engine on there, you're going to get into better positions, create more chances, um, particularly of a striker as well. If, you, if you've got a pacey striker, 
you can start playing through balls and and letting him run onto them past the helpless centre backs and and get into one on one situations where you know he might still miss a few. Um, just the nature of the game at that level, but he he's more than likely to tuck them away over the course of the season as well. So little tricks like that to sort of pick at, home in on on areas that you want to focus on. Um, tackling for centre backs is always always good. Um, also because you're likely to be facing the more agricultural side of the game, should we say, uh, heading at centre-backs as well is, is really crucial. Strength again. Um, and in midfield, you know, passing. Um, positioning is a good one as well. If they're somewhat positionally aware, that's going to be that's going to be really helpful. Um, and yeah, I think I think that just really stripping it back and, and really focusing on those core essentials of, of, of management and um, of recruitment, I think are going uh, to help you go a long way. And, and hopefully over time you'll progress up the leagues and then, you know, you can turn semi-pro and then move from semi-professional into professional and things start to become a lot more uh, free-flowing, should we say. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Tom. No problem. Thanks for having me. That was a really worrying time being a Rangers fan, not knowing if you'd have a team to support or not. The Scottish Football League's only acceptable position will be to place Rangers FC into the third division. It wasn't so much a football match you were involved in as a test of manhood. And with your support along the way, we will get back to where we belong. From the bottom to the top, the journey is over. Rangers! all ended spectacularly in Europe when he had an argument with Rangers fans in a bush. It's a huge, huge honour for me to be sat here now to be the manager of Rangers. And, you know, the excitement levels are very difficult to contain at the moment. Drilled by Arfield, Connor Goldson, look at the score again! And he has scored again! And Rangers are in such a good place now! Everybody in Scotland was talking about 10 this at the start of the season and the only number they're now talking about is 55. To get the full story of the fall and rise of Rangers, subscribe now to Beyond the Headline. And so, with a creeping sense of unease, we wend our way to the section of the show where two men of advancing years discuss their involvement in a video game, first with a sense of detached irony, but then with increasing seriousness until it becomes obvious to even the casual listener that this is pretty much all they've got right now. It's the FM Bundesliga Challenge! Alex Stewart, hello. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. All the better for having you back on the show. I've missed you from my life last week. Yes, yes, I, I, I took a whole week off in order to move house, which is very exciting. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting back to the emotional whirlwind and stress that is the Football Manager Bundesliga Challenge. Yeah, and we're, we're we're coming up to the end of the first season, which seems to have happened very quickly. And, and your Stuttgart side have pulled out of a terrifying nosedive, and they seem to have stabilised in mid-table. Yeah, we were circling the drain. I don't think there's any uh, disputing that. And I, I got the dreaded notification 
of uh, impending sacking should results not go my way. But three wins on the bounce, which I think took it to maybe four wins out of five. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not shooting up the table by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but we're definitely now in the position where we're exceeding board expectations and media predictions. So I'm feeling relatively confident. I think my Schalke team are, are certainly exceeding expectations of the comments box underneath all the articles. Um, but we're still, it's really weird because we're not very good. I mean, we're we're in the UEFA Cup space, but but we're we're not we're not playing entertaining football. We're not really taking games by the scruff of the scruff of the neck. We've just got a cobbled together five three two that smothers the opposition and and enough pace to cause some problems on the break. I am a little bit concerned at how I'm going to change that next season because everyone's telling me next season I'll, I'll have some transfer budget. And meanwhile, on my own Marseille game, my team are vibrant and attacking and they win loads. And I, I just want to make this stodgy, hot mess of Schalke more like Marseille, but I've got no idea how to do it. Yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to who you bring in, isn't it? Because the, the, the squad that you're working with, is it fair to say there are some significant holes in that squad, particularly in the fullback position? So, like, it's hard, isn't it? You know, there's there's... A period of adaptation, the players need to get used to moving towards something that's more exciting and vibrant. But also, the Bundesliga is full of really good teams, like teams that have players that are way, way better than what we've got at our disposal. And so actually playing a counter-attacking system that's a bit stodgy, yeah, it might not be that fun to watch, but it is efficacious. I mean, who doesn't love that word? Um, if you want a nice, easy way to catch up with, with all of this, I have recently threaded every episode onto our Twitter feed. That's uh, at FMPodAthletic. So you can find them there or are on The Athletic itself, I guess. And that's our show. Your guests were Tom Davidson and Don Baker from Sports Interactive, Alex Stewart off the TIFO, your producer was Abby Patterson, and I checked this morning, and I am still Ian McIntosh. The Athletic.